Welcome to the Sedated Man Podcast. We're here to help you break free from all that's holding you down and provide you with the tools to embrace the brotherhood of Christ. It's time to stand back up and be the man you were meant to be. Here's your host, Mike Baker. All right. I want to welcome everybody to episode 93. 93. Wow. Title of this one is Abortion, Not Just a Woman's Problem. Now, some of you might be saying, hey, Mike, why why are you doing an episode on abortion? Well, for one, it's come to the front forefront again. And uh, two, it's important. All right. Everybody wants to sideline this issue. Everybody wants to not talk about it. And I'm telling you right now that this cannot be not talked about. This is a fundamental issue. It's been attacked on all sides. So what I want to accomplish in this episode is I want this to be an episode that's kind of a go-to episode for you. That's kind of an episode that, that you can hand out the link to your friends if they are questioning or if they have an argument or if they, if they have this qualm that abortion is okay. All right. I am so tired of the things I'm seeing on social media. As I stated last, uh, last episode, I've completely removed myself from Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I'm on TikTok, but that's more of a fun, like my plumbing stories and some other things, you know, things I do with my kids type thing. Uh, but you know, the, on, on TikTok, I was inspired to do this, uh, this episode, I was attacked by a guy who was a proclaimed socialist. And if you listen to my, my, uh, podcast episode on socialism and Christianity, you will remember that I stated that <clears throat> I've read the socialist manifesto. I've read the Antifa handbook. I've read rules for radicals. And the one thing that is required of socialism is to remove religion. Religion will gum up the entire socialism works. So there's this self-proclaimed socialist who came after me on TikTok because I said abortion was that pro pro-choice was pro-murder. And he tried to use scripture on me to prove that abortion was okay. And we're going to go through that today. Because as I started to dig, I became abundantly aware that there are people who claim to be God-fearing. And I will say claim right now, because if you agree that abortion is okay, you are not in in God. You're not in Christ. You are not God-fearing. You're pretending to be. This is a huge issue. And of course, Satan wants you to feel like it's not. He wants you to think that it's some it's some something that you just don't need to worry about. It's just a small issue. You know, move on. Move on, Mike. No, I'm telling you right now, it is at the core of everything. When you can say that innocent life no longer matters, then no life matters. He went on to tell me, and we're going to get into a few scriptures about it, but I want to talk about a few other things. But this guy went on to tell me that scripture... Uh, specifically stated that uh, a fetus doesn't have the same legal rights. This is from a socialist. Socialism, remember, requires the removal of religion. 
So don't tell me that God okayed the, uh, the elimination of the innocent as far as unborn children go, because you're wrong. So let's talk about a couple of things actually going on. We know that Biden, you know, old Sleepy Joe, passed an executive order uh, reneging on the Mexico City policy. Mexico City policy stated that we would not send our funds, basically. This is the gist. If you go to my Patreon page, before I finish here, if you go to my Patreon page, you will find all of the links for all of the articles that I'm referencing and the things that, I, that I'm talking about, including links to the executive orders, okay? So it's patreon.com excuse me, slash the sedated man. So, or you can just look at the, up the sedated man on Patreon. The Mexico city policy states that American funds shouldn't be involved in out of country abortions or, or, or the American taxpayers shouldn't have to feel like they're funding abortions, you know, across the world, which is exactly what we're doing now. That executive order changed everything. And the fact that now your tax dollars, so whether you're a plumber, whether you're an electrician, whether you're a cook, whether you're a janitor, your tax dollars are not only going to a public school system that wants to corrupt your children and turn them into victims, but now it's going to go to women's rights in other countries. And I did my air quotes for those of you just listening to the podcast. You know, women's rights in other countries to fund abortions and abortion clinics. So what you think about about the matter matters not. This is an attack on you, men. The Christian conservative male. You are on the chopping block, and this is one of those areas that they have convinced you doesn't have anything to do with you, so just stay out of the fight. It's a woman's issue. It is not just a woman's issue. Uh, on uh, February 3rd, uh, there was an initiative put forth, the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. It failed. Failed. Why? Because the Democrats voted against it. Okay, so let me be clear here. The Survivors Act, what it did was it would have enabled children who were survivors of abortion to receive medical care once born. Once born. And these Democratic senators killed the bill. So let me be even more clear. So now, if a baby is born who survived an abortion, now you can go through all the justifications in your head. Well, it's probably going to be retarded. It's probably going to be a vegetable. It's probably going to be this. It's probably going to be that. How do you know? And who are you to say that? Huh? How do you know? Basically, they're saying, if that child is born alive, kill it. Because women have rights. Am I stating that the issue isn't a woman's issue? What I'm stating is it's not just a woman's issue. Is she the one who has to carry the baby? Is she the one who has to be uncomfortable? Is she the one who has to get up and pee nine times a night? Yes, I get that. This is not about that. This is about the sanctity of life. If you don't want a child, give it to a family who does. I meet families all the time 
who would love nothing more than to adopt an unwanted child. But let me give you the kicker here. Half of the DNA in there belonged to some dude. I have long believed, or actually I've been, I, for a long time, I can't understand why it hasn't happened, why there's not a mandatory tell law. Okay, you want abortion, fine. Make it, fine, make it legal. Am I saying I'm gonna vote for it to be legal? Absolutely not. But, but liberals wanna make it legal, make it legal, but put a mandatory tell law. What's a mandatory tell law? Where you, the man, have to be told that the abortion will happen and you have to sign something that says you know it's going to happen. Not that they need your permission to do it, simply that you need to be told and a signature needs to be attained before the abortion happens as a mandatory tell. What would that do? If she doesn't have to have your permission, what would that do? That would enable that father to at least potentially go to the mother and say, I will pay for everything. Please have the child and you won't have to deal with it. The only thing you have to deal with is a pregnancy. I'll pay for the medical. I'll pay for, I will take the child. I think that there are more men in America who would step up to that kind of challenge than not. Chew on that. So what else has been done in the abortion movement? Well, Pro-choice has changed the term pro-life to forced birth. Now, why does that matter? Well, it matters because forced birth then indicates that, uh, that you are forcing a woman to have a child that she doesn't want into a world that doesn't want it. And that that's more cruel than terminating the pregnancy, which just cracks me up. Because when you terminate a life, you are killing someone. But when you terminate a pregnancy, you're not killing anybody. Hmm. Seems like it's a little backwards. So now it's forced birth. They've changed it from pro-life to forced birth. Why? Because the, they know that calling us pro-life admits that it's life for one. But we are not forced birth. We're personal responsibility. How about that? How about taking responsibility for your actions? How about now everybody wants to get on the rape train too. So am I saying that rape is a bad thing? Yeah, I am saying rape is a bad thing. The amount of pregnancies that come from rape are so minuscule, they're not even worth talking about. And, and am I going to say that abortion shouldn't happen on those in those respects too? Actually, yeah, I don't believe in abortion at all. I don't believe in punishing a child for the evil of its parents. Scripture is pretty clear at one point that it says the child shouldn't die for the sins of the mother and father and the mother and father shouldn't die for the sins of the child. but we haven't got there yet. So, you know, let's talk about abortion for just a second. Did you know, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, that they have a, that a fetus has a heartbeat at three weeks has and the brain starts to synapse at five weeks and basic lung structure, which they kind of call like a tree with branches out. It's, it, there's three stages for lung, lung structure, but the first stage of lung structure is five to 17 weeks. So the heart is beating, the brain is firing, and the first part of the lungs are formed, but you can still perform an abortion at 18 to 24 weeks in most places. All of these things happen within that time, but that's not life. That's just a, just a group of cells that don't matter. Look, 
this fires me up because I cannot believe that anybody, any man, any woman would claim, make a claim to godliness and think for two seconds that this was okay. And do you have to answer to me? Absolutely not. But I want you to remember that you will answer. When I see TikToks that say you can be Christian and pro-choice, you are cracked if that's what you believe. Absolutely cracked. So let's go to the scriptures because that's where the proof is in the pudding, right? Now, am I yelling at you guys? I'm only yelling at you if this applies to you. You need to reach deep down and find out why you believe what you believe. That is one of the biggest pushes I will always make to you guys, regardless of what your sedation problem is, regardless of what it is you're standing up for or not standing up for, you must know why you believe what you believe. Why am I saved? I can tell you why I'm saved. I can take you to scripture. I can prove it by scripture. Am I patting myself on the back? No, I'm telling you that I am living to the standard scripture has set for me. And let me remind you that the standard is the minimum expected of a Christian. The minimum expected of a Christian. So let's go to scripture. Here is, here is pro-choice's scripture of choice, okay? In Exodus, Exodus chapter 21, in verse 22. Let me get my Bible where I can see it here without, without tapping the keys on my keyboard. Okay, it says, actually, I'm going to come over here. It says, if men struggle with each other and strike a woman with child so that she gives birth prematurely, yet there is no injury, he shall surely be fined as the woman's husband may demand of him, and he shall pay as the judge, judges decide. But if there is any further injury, then you shall appoint a penalty, or as a penalty, life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Now, a lot of, a lot of the pro-choice movement will try and tell you, well, that's what, the, the, that a fetus, see, a fetus doesn't have the same legal uh, capacity. Now, I went to the interlinear, which is where you can actually look at the Hebrew right next to the wording. The Hebrew, the interlinear supports this. The Hebrew supports what I'm reading right here. Being born prematurely, it does not indicate death. Just because they were Israelites didn't mean that every child born prematurely died, okay? They had midwives that were very skilled at what they did. Just because they're not PhD doctors doesn't mean every child died pre born prematurely. And it makes it pretty plain that if there's no injury to the child outside of being born prematurely, then the person should be fined for the, for the injury uh, or for the, the instance where the woman was hurt. And if not... Then it says, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, life for life applies if there's injury. Why on earth? This is laughable at best. Okay, let's back up for just a moment, shall we? Because let's back up to verse 20. If a man strikes his male or female slave with a rod and he dies, or and he dies at his hand, he shall be punished. If, however, he survives a day or two, no vengeance shall be taken, for he is his property. So we're going to cherry pick scriptures. We're going to take this one that kind of sounds like it could be on a good day if it's not windy. Actual giving a fetus less rights than an actual human, which it does not. But we're going to skip over the fact that the two verses before that talk about how it's okay that if you 
if you beat your slave to almost death and he survives a day or two, that uh, that you don't have to be punished. So either one applies and the other doesn't, or they don't, or they both don't apply. Once again, this does not indicate a stillborn or aborted fetus. It only indicates a premature birth. Let that sink in. Can't ignore the verses before about beating a guy and owning slaves and then say, well, we're just, well, we're only talking about abortion here. So only this applies. Nope. Nope. Doesn't work that way. Because what we see in the verses before is life. I mean, you can also say that slavery is okay because the guy was his property and that beating him almost to death is also okay. And that his life doesn't matter as much as a, as the owner's life. Nobody's going to go there. Now in Numbers chapter 5, and all of these scriptures are uh, on my Patreon page. Numbers chapter 5. This is the other one I found most consistently. It says, Numbers Numbers chapter 5, verse 27. When he has made her drink the water, when it shall come about, and if she has defiled herself and has been unfaithful and her husband unfaithful to her husband that the water which brings a curse will go into her and cause bitterness and her abdomen will swell and her thigh will waste away and the woman will become a curse among her people once again a laughable reference at best okay for one this doesn't suggest that a woman is pregnant you have to read okay look context matters the audience matters the subject matters you can't cherry pick these scriptures and say it applies to this and super glue it onto the wall of shame for abortion all right you can't do that it just doesn't work you have to know what they're talking about this doesn't suggest a woman's pregnancy it was a test of infidelity for a woman with the priest this isn't about her being pregnant this is about if she slept with another man if she passes the test, test, she has the ability to conceive. And if she doesn't, she's cursed. Context matters. Neither one of these scriptures support what they say it supports. Okay, for one, let me bring this forth too. Pro-choice is trying to make a point based on Old Testament law. Okay. These are the only couple of verses. There were some in Hosea. I read them. I'm not even sure why they made the list. I mean, they were so not not having to do anything with abortion at all. It wasn't even funny. And then there are other references to some other things that weren't even worth going to. These, But these two sections of scripture were the most quoted. And I mean, weak. Weak sauce. So, but what they're doing is they're going the Old Testament. So let's take a second. Let's back up. Let's talk about the law. Okay, if you go to Galatians chapter 3. For those of you that are watching me, you can't, you can see me looking at something, but it's my Bible. See, there it is. Remember, I'm on, if you're listening to the podcast, you can find the video on YouTube. And if you're on YouTube, you can find the podcast on pretty much any platform. So let me go to Galatians. Let me get, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Be patient. Here it is. Okay. Galatians chapter three in verse uh, 23. But before faith came, We are kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith, which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law 
has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are immersed into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor freeman. There is neither male nor female for you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. Now, what what matters here? Let's back up for a second. Let's talk about the context. He's talking to the church in Galatia. He's talking to people who are already Christian. Okay, so that's why he makes. That's why he's talking about when they came to Christ. It was in verse twenty three. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith, which was later to be revealed. That's when they came to Christ. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ. Okay. So the law being the Old Testament law led us in our right and wrong to Christ. And then we were separated from the law and the law no longer lorded over us. It was simply a guideline in some instances. Okay. Because obviously, uh, you know, the, when the did the law go away entirely, not like thou shalt not commit murder, thou shalt not steal. Those things are still in effect, but those are guidelines in the fact that it, it doesn't have the same authority for the Christian as it did for the Jew. All right. Like we no longer make blood sacrifice. We no longer keep slaves. Uh, we no longer keep more than one spouse and the list goes on. Okay. Those were the tremendous differences in the law, but the law led us because remember the initial, the initial people who came into the church were Jews. The law led them to Christ. Okay. Led them to Christ. Now, if you go to Hebrews chapter 9, in verse 16, it says, For where a covenant is, there must of necessity be the death of the one who made it. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead, for it is never enforced while the one who made it lives. What does that mean? Well, what that means is it establishes, what Hebrews does is it establishes that the new covenant was brought to bear upon Christ's death, that the old covenant, the old Testament passed away, the new covenant, the new Testament in which the church lives now came to be. And all of these Jewish laws went away. Catch that? All of these Jewish laws went away. Now, some of you are like, well, I thought the Jews were the, the chosen people. Yeah, okay, that, I'm not going to get into that here. I'm simply going over scripture that shows where the law, Old Testament covenant stopped and the New Testament started. All right, it was upon Christ's death. So these references back to slaves and premature birth and all that, these are all Old Testament law. Okay. But since the pro-choice people want to live in Old Testament law, let's talk about it a little bit, shall we? So 10 commandments still apply, like I said, all right? They don't apply as a law because they're a standard, all right? They're the lowest point expected from us, okay? You know when you go to the ride, the rides, and it says, you can't, if you're not taller than this, you can't come on the ride? That's a standard. You have to be at least this tall. Anybody above that line gets to go on. Not just the people at the line or just, okay, everybody above that line, at and above that line, okay? That's a standard. The Ten Commandments are a standard. This is where you start and you can go well above it. 
which is what God created you to do, I might add. Okay. So moving on, let's move to the Old Testament for just a moment. Going to Job. Job, Job, Job. Let me flip around here. I'm getting there. Job, Job. All right, Job. Job 31, chapter 15. Did not he who made me in the womb make him and the same one fashion us in the womb? Let me read that a little more smoothly. Did not he who made me in the womb make him and the same one fashion us in the womb? So that beating heart, those brain synapses, that first stage lung development that happens in the stage that they say you can abort that group of cells because it's not life. Huh. Says here that, uh, that he made us in the womb. At what point does God consider us? At what point does God grant us personhood? He fashioned and made us in the womb. If you go to Jeremiah chapter one and verse five, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Now, granted, he's talking to Jeremiah, but this is, he doesn't, he doesn't say that this was solely Jeremiah that he's talking about. This is consistent with Job. But before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. So he had already set Jeremiah to a purpose. But I got news for you. He has set every one of us to a purpose. Every person who comes to this planet is not by accident. Every person that comes to this planet is with a plan. Now, what about those kids who are still born? Okay, there was a plan. And one day those parents will meet those children. Those children who were lucky enough to not have to put up with the BS that we've got down here on this planet. You know, mentally handicapped kids, I'll tell you what, they're innocent their entire lives. What a way to live. They are blessed. Yes, they have to have full-time care. Yes, there's all these things that come along with them that make them a hassle, but they're loving and they're kind and they're innocent. And they're here to be an encouragement to us. I've never met, I've never met a mentally, mentally handicapped person who didn't just want to bring me joy and be my friend. But Jeremiah 1.5, he knew us before he formed us. You know what that means? That means he established personhood before he even started knitting you together. That's right. They call that personhood. So if the individual in the womb and pre-womb, for that matter, is personhood, what does that mean? That means that Exodus 20.13 applies. Let me go back to Exodus, which is, amazingly enough, the chapter right before the abortion chapter. So let me go there. Oh, sorry. Hang on. All right. Exodus 20.13. You shall not murder. We already established that things like the minimum standard applies. You shall not commit murder. So let's see here. If the Lord knit us in the womb and knew us before he formed us, what are we doing eliminating fetuses? 
those fetuses by scripture have personhood. Don't think it's an accident that the current administration has already established what they consider to be a strong White House scientific committee. There is no room in socialism for religion, and there is no room in religion for abortion. None. People want to talk about the chains of Christianity. Let me tell you something. If you feel like you're in chains in Christianity, you are in the wrong place. You are not looking at it right. And I want you to contact me directly so I can help you see that it's not binding, it's freeing. Christianity is viewed very much as this, this group of rules and regulations. When it's not, it's standards and ethics and morals. It gives you a compass by which to give glory to the world through by God and through God. It gives you the ability to be something you've never been before. It gives you the ability to bring joy unlike any joy mankind has ever seen. It gives you the ability to be that joy. Remember that when they built the Tower of Babel, God came down and he said, okay, now he wasn't happy with the tower, all right? And let me add that this whole one world order stuff, the last time they had that kind of thing, the Lord came down and confused the languages. All right. Last time man got a little too big for his britches. But the one thing that God did come down and say, which is huge. Now, nothing they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Nothing. Mankind was designed to accomplish anything. Imagine how much more the Christian with the influence of the Holy Spirit, with the indwelling presence of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit is in you. How much more can that guy or that gal do for the world? How much more joy can we bring? This is not a religion of chains. Christianity, contrary to popular belief, is not a religion of rules and regulations. In fact, I don't. to be perfectly honest, I'm in agreement with a lot of people. I don't like the term religion anymore. It's been smeared. I'm a Christian and I am a religious guy, yeah. But I'm a Christian first. Scripture can be proved. God can be proved. Quit shying away from what's expected of us. Start meeting the standard so that you can exceed the standard. Abortion is not just a woman's problem. It will continue to be a woman's problem so long as good men do nothing, say nothing, and don't act out, don't step up. Who is the advocate for the father? Now, I'm not talking our father in heaven. I'm talking the father of the, of the child. You know, I, I mean, I'm speechless in some ways in, in this respect, because I can't believe this is even an issue, that this is even a discussion. I can't believe that I felt so compelled by the Spirit myself to bring this to fruition, because to bring this episode to fruition, because men are not stepping up in this area. They ignore it as a woman's issue. I can't say that enough. And when I started seeing scripture getting thrown around, oh my goodness. Don't even get me started. This is absolute. I mean, no joke. If if you think that you can be Christian and pro-choice, this is the wrong podcast for you and you need to move on.
I will not condone the murder of innocents here. Just won't. And I would encourage you men who feel it, but are afraid to say so, say so. The time for doing nothing and sitting back is gone. There are people out there gunning for you, not just kind of gunning for you now, gunning for you. And now it's out in the open. How long? How long will it be before my podcast is taken down? How long will it be before, before other podcasts are taken down for hate speech? For Take your pick. There's a whole scat of them. I keep all of these on my, I keep, I keep a record or I keep a copy of all of these that I do so that if I can ever transition, I will. Uh, I'm on currently I'm on YouTube. I'm on uh, all the podcast platforms. I've already got an account on DTube if I need to transition over uh, as far as video goes. And I will continue to do what I got to do because I want to leave a legacy, not only for you guys, but to my kids. I want my grandkids, my great grandkids, my great, great grandkids to have access to where my family, to where this started so that they never forget their history. Men, I would encourage you to stand up. I would encourage you to stand out. Currently, I'm writing a book. I'm on chapter. It's got six chapters. I'm just finishing up chapter four now. And I'll make it available to whoever. You want to know why bad things happen to, to good people? My book actually is going to have that answer. I pray for you. Step up. Be vocal. Start a blog. Write an article. Do a podcast doesn't have to be long. Get on social media and say something. Don't be dumb. Don't be to the point where you're asking for a hurting, but be unafraid because God's got your back. Be smart. Don't be reckless and give God the glory. Once again, all the links to all of the articles I mentioned and all of the scriptures are on my, will be on my Patreon page. You guys, I know that you guys are awesome. I know that deep down you struggle with what's going on. And I know that deep down you will do the right thing. Get back into the word. Know why you believe what you believe. So that you too can be above reproach. And with that, you guys go conquer your week. Baker out. Thanks for listening to The Sedated Man, bringing Christian men back to power in their homes, congregations, and communities. We'll see you next time.